But exactly. I let out this, and because it was forced, um, I let out a giant fart <laughs> so loud. So yeah. all you can hear in the room, no whispers, no talking, nothing except a fart that comes out of it. Hello, everybody, and welcome on to a very exciting episode of Behind the Voice. I'm joined by none other than Deborah Wilson, who has been Seer Junda in Star Wars, Jedi Survivor, Fallen Order. She has been in Diablo 4. She's been in God of War, Ragnarok 4, Spoken, and so many other games. So I am so glad that she's joining me today. I'm so glad that I'm going to be able to talk to her. So thank you so much for taking the time, for joining uh, from a busy schedule. I know it's super been super hard, so thank you so much. It is my pleasure and my blessing. And even though it may be a challenge at times, particularly this day, mm -hmm. um, the universe always works out everything that is meant to work out. And I'm so grateful that this was meant to work out. I was going to activate however I could to make sure that this would work out. So thank you for your time and your patience as well. Absolutely. I mean, for me, uh, talking to anybody who has been uh, part of video games as an actor is just a big thing for me. So I love knowing their stories. I love their work and your work, especially because you've been in part of so many amazing games. And, you know, working in so many games, you always have like, you know, scheduled calls and you also work in movies and TV shows. So, you know, you must have a lot going on. So is it like, do you like staying busy with the work that you have? Do you like that? Do you like always getting into work and, you know, getting to auditions and stuff? I enjoy what I love doing. Bottom line is I don't do anything that I don't enjoy. But my dog is stop, Lucy. <laughs> but um, it's just a matter of, you know, I'm not the only one who's putting that schedule together. I really don't put those together. That belongs to my agency and all my representatives. They are uh, more than my representatives. They are my family. And they take care of me on those levels so that whatever needs to be taken care of in those times on a professional level I don't have issues with. And if there are scheduling differences, they're there to jump into the trenches and make sure that whatever is supposed to get done gets done in the time that it's supposed to get done and that there is a comfort zone that buffers me in between those things. Mm -hmm. So while I am very busy, I know that I am very grateful to God for why I am busy. I'm grateful that um, of all the people in the world, I get to do what I love to do and I look forward to doing and uh, doing what I do energizes me. Telling stories uh, takes me to emotional places for my own healing. And it's really powerful and it is truly a gift. It is a huge part of my life and, a, and truly a gift. It's growing me as a person um, as well as as an artist. That's that's wonderful. And yes, you do. Uh, become a part of games that have incredible storytelling and uh, you know it's just amazing to see all these characters that you get to play throughout like throughout your career you have done so many incredible characters so I assume like when you go to events I believe you went to a, a recent DreamHack event so going to event I assume that a lot of people must be uh, you know asking you or maybe recognizing you from certain characters so what character that that people recognize you the most from? Is there any character that people always come by to you, uh, recognizing you? Oh, you played this and I know you from this. For the most part, it's not about going to a Comic-Con or a convention or a gamers convention where I get recognized. Um, I simply get recognized online uh, more than anything else on websites 
for playing Sabathun. I think that has <laughs> been the most concentration. And Sabathun is the character, the witch queen, in the Destiny 2 um, saga. Yeah. And uh, the I, you know, she had been talked about for almost 20 years. Destiny 2 is a long-played game exactly. for decades. And they have been talking about Sabathun in the lore of Destiny. And when she finally made her appearance, um, I think those who had been playing for so long became enamored with being able to experience her for the first time. And I think that's the main reason why, of all the games that I've ever done, in the 30 years that I've been doing this, she has the most concentration of people um, asking about her and talking about her. And I'm uh, on Cameo. So asking for cameo greetings and asking for words and everything is is Sabathun. I would say the highest concentration of people recognizing my voice work is recognizing my voice work as Sabathun from uh, Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. That's incredible. Yeah, Destiny is a game that a lot of people are so much connected to and has been going on for a long, long, long time. And so uh, a lot of characters, everybody is attached to that and especially yours People all love that character so much. And uh, so it's incredible to see the Destiny fandom. Um, but, you know, as you said, you've done like you have 30 years of your career, like doing this in video games uh, and you have done so many wonderful characters. Is there a character that when you worked on, like, is there any particular character that kind of became your favorite or you had the most fun time, you know, filming it or recording it? I get that question a lot about, uh, uh, what is my favorite character I've ever portrayed? And uh, my answer is I have no favorites because they're all different experiences. They're all different stories. It's like you having two friends that you're extremely close with and you say, well, who is the best friend? Yeah. And uh, I would be hard pressed to pick one because each friend comes with their own experiences and their own relationship individually. Yeah. So putting them together and judging them um, is a challenge. Uh, and so I wouldn't do that. I would never ju judge them or challenge them based on comparison with each other. Because in order to have a favorite, you have to use um, a measure of comparison. And I can't compare them because each one has their own individual journey, their own stories. Um, and I get a chance to uh, have a relationship with them on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. However, I can say that I have the most symbiotic relationship um, and kindred soulmated relationship with Seer Junda from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That's that's wonderful. And, you know, it, as I said, it's very hard to pick one because uh, the, I believe, in my opinion, I believe there is no favorite, at least in, in my opinion, that you cannot ever have a kind of a favorite. You can always like something, you can always dislike something, but favorite choosing one out of like 100, it's like it's very hard, or even out of two, it's very hard. So, uh, but you know, having, you know, in different experiences, you can talk about that, like, okay, you had different experience with this. And, you know, um, with, with Star Wars, as you just said, Seer Junda is such an interesting character to me. And um, from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I actually, it's interesting because I didn't watch Star Wars um, when Jedi uh, Fallen Order came out. I actually didn't watch, didn't watch Star Wars at all. I had no idea about Star Wars. I knew it's a big franchise and I knew about some of the characters, but I didn't experience the story. So 
Jedi Fallen Order was so big and a lot of people were playing it. A lot of my friends were playing it. And I was like, I, I have to watch it now. I have to experience this. And so I experienced all the chapters, every shows that came out all of a sudden. And I watched all of it. And then I played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I just fell in love with it. And so my excitement was all the way up high for Jedi Survivor. I was very, very looking forward to it. And so, uh, you know, you being a part of it and so many new uh, new characters came around. Um, so what was like, you know, going through your mind when you initially got your role as your Junda in Jedi Fallen Order? What was going through your mind at that point in time when you got the role? I don't remember, and I'll tell you why, because it, it really wasn't any different than when I, when I get another role, when I, you know, there's always a joy to it, but there's nothing that stands out in terms of, Hey, you book this role. Mm. Um, I think it had a different feel to it when I finally found out what it was because initially I did not know. Mm -hmm. So when I went in for the audition, I had no idea. They're not going to tell you everything is under wraps. And the reason yeah. it is, is if you don't book it, you shouldn't have that information. If you're not going to be a part of it, why are they telling you that simply because you auditioned? Yeah, and so sense. because this was very, very, very much under wraps um, by Lucasfilm Limited, by um, Respawn Entertainment, by EA Games, by Sony, because it was very, very hush-hush and very much under wraps, I had no idea. When I did book it, I still had no idea because it was still the code name mm -hmm. with the character code name. So I was told you booked this character in this video game. And I think it was called, I, I think it had a couple of different names, but I think at one point it was Rowboat. Oh. And a particular character. So I went, oh, great. But, you know, I didn't know how large this was. I didn't know if it was epic. I didn't know what the game was. And when I found out that it was Star Wars and that I was going to be the first woman of color Jedi night in a video game in a franchise that i love it was um humbling it was humbling but it's not my first endeavor with star wars mm -hmm. i've done other things in the star wars universe before that but it was my first endeavor on something that i did not realize was going to have a massive massive effect among fans yeah it certainly did and uh you know every single moment that you had with the Catacal has been so incredible. And it's just like this bonding that uh, sort of, uh, you know, slowly happened over the game. And even the second game, it has an interesting relationship. And, uh, you know, we'll get to that. But like, it's just, a, it's just been a cool journey for Seer to be uh, in this game. And her arc is so, so interesting. So when this this character was is there when you were trying to you know, filming it and all that did you had did any of your ideas go into like creating seer or was it always like okay this is how the character is or did you or did you had the opportunity to put some put something of yourself into it or some of the ideas into it you always put yourself into everything because i don't as an actor subscribe to becoming a character I never go, you know, I become Seer Junda yeah. because Seer Junda is one dimensional flat on a page. Mm -hmm. What I do is I allow Seer Junda to come to life by my body, my flesh, my heart, my soul, my feelings, my emotions. So everything that she emotionally is on a page, I have to take from my own life experience. I choose to take from my own life experience. That's why I say I think she and I have the most 
symbiotic relationship um, because we are the closest in um, our relationships in the world. Yeah. And it was powerful and very emotionally riveting at times, over, uh, overwhelmingly emotional at times, what we share. And uh, Cal Kestis and Sir Junda have a, a relationship that is symbiotic with Deborah Wilson and Cameron Monaghan. Our relationship, our love relationship, our friendship, uh, the way we work, the way we care for each other is extremely deep and profound. Cameron has had a very deep and profound effect on me and working with him has been one of the most engaging and loving and powerful experiences I will ever have. Wow. Ever. That's that's incredible. Yes. And, you know, it shows, I think, in the game as well, where it, it's just that I feel like that bonding, that relationship that has been built in, in the game. It's so real. It's so real. Yeah, exactly. It's so real. And it is. So whatever you see with Seer and Cal, you're seeing with Deborah and Cameron. That's so true. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, it's even seeing those and, and there's, you know, certain even any movie or shows or whatever it is, there's certain characters when you see that chemistry or when you see that bonding so well, it feels real. And that's what felt real in, in this game. And it really happens uh, in games where you see two characters are, you know, connecting not only as a character in games, but also as, you know, people in real life, they're connecting, they're really bonding in. And that was what in this game. And that's why I feel like uh, they are so interesting and their storyline and is so cool to see. And it's just uh, something that to look forward to. And in, in, even in Jedi yes. Survivor, it's always something to look forward to. Yeah, it's an expansive Jedi Survivor is, an, is a more expansive world with more expansive characters, more expansive storyline. Um, and it gets rich and dark and complex and beautiful yeah. and powerful. It's, it's, it's a very powerful, um, game. It's a very powerful, it's, it's beyond a video game for me at this point. It's mm -hmm. a very powerful experience. Yeah, absolutely. I had, um, I, when I, when I played the game and I got to see like how, you know, ambitious that game is, how big it is, how so many characters to interact with, so many stories to see. So many things to get to know, so many people to interact with. It was so incredible that I couldn't stop playing. Uh, and it was, I always wanted to get up in the morning. I was like, oh, I want to wanna continue where I left off. I want to know more. I want to explore more. Um, and, you know, I was super excited to meet, get to meet, you know, uh, come back to the characters that we know from the previous game. So Seer was one and Marin was one. So I was like super excited to meet them again. Yeah. And so meeting Seer. Exactly. Like, <laughs> So cool. It's so cool because we know we have already interacted as Cal. We have already interacted with the previous game. And so now it's even more exciting. Like, oh, how are they? Where they might be? What's what they're like now? Like after so many years, because there's a uh, uh, time gap. Five so, years. Yeah, five years time gap. So I was like, okay, how it's going to be? And so what? looking at looking at Seer and I felt like a difference. I felt like Seer has much more of an important role in some ways. So according to you, what do you think like kind of the, the, the difference or the growth you can uh, say from the first game to Jedi Survivor? Um, I, don't, I don't think that there is a difference. I think there's just a, a grace. She has a grace and a wisdom that continues to evolve to her role mm -hmm. in um, battling the empire. 
Yeah. And that role does not require a lightsaber. That's true. You know, her own evolutionary process was about releasing and relinquishing her fear so that she can grow her wisdom and her wisdom will not grow without relinquishing that. And that's what she did. And when she let go of the fear, uh, I think the force opened her up to a role that was equally as powerful Mm -hmm. without a lightsaber that would echo throughout eternity. You know, it it was such, I, I felt like it was a different seer. It was, as you mentioned, and, you know, and I feel, I felt like she had a much more purpose in this one. And especially, you know, in, in Jedi Fallen Order, when I, uh, the very surprising thing for me, which I never expected. I mean, I had maybe something back in my head, but maybe, but I never expected uh, Vader to be in the game. And I thought like, oh, that was a very surprising moment. And then the fight of seer with Vader, um, and so we had that fight again in Jedi Survivor. Um, and so that was very interesting because we get to play as her a little bit. So uh, how how was that like, you know, uh, interacting and, you know, fighting in this particular fight? Because this fight was different than uh, the, the first fight. So how was that experience like? The first difference is, um, and there is a difference here, mm-hmm. is that Seer was not a playable character in yeah. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And now... Seer is a playable character in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, It's not what a lot of gamers think when it comes to uh, the fight. Yes, it was choreographed, and yes, part of it was a part of the cinematics. But the most part of that gameplay will be as Seer, which are repeated movements, and that's all mechanical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You feel me? So when it comes to the actual cinematics of it, which are less than obviously the playable side of it. Um, The choreography was designed to be um, a release of fear and um, a relinquish of, of pain and anger. So every move was not to kill initially. It was to defend the, um, to defend the archives and to release fear. Yeah. And when it starts hitting a pinnacle, like a song or a orchestra, it reaches a pitch to which, uh, in order to do the rest of those things, one of us will be destroyed. It wasn't a matter of, I must destroy Vader. It was a matter of, in the back of her mind and in full force, I have to stop this being from creating more fear in others. And so I'll do what I must do. There was a lot going on in my head. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't just kill and destroy Vader, kill Vader. This was the fear is gone and I need to defend something greater than myself. Yeah. And in order to defend something greater than myself, I have to have an aim to put you down. It's almost like mercy. Yeah, that's true. Because you will never stop yourself. You will never stop yourself and the destruction that comes with it based on the empire. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And so I have to put you down in order to give you the opportunity to be saved. 
Yeah. And, and to save and to save something much greater than both of us, which are the archives and the opportunity for force sensitives and force sensitive children to come up and for generation to generation to rise against the empire. And yeah, that was made possible uh, with your with, with Sears help uh, in, in, you know, and it, that that fight itself was so intense and uh, it was so obviously emotional at the very end because, you know, I never expected that this would happen. So, you know, when you got to know that, okay, Sears journey is going to end uh, by the hands of Vader, what, what was your reaction? Well, like our at physical time? life is going to end at the hands of at Vader. At the physical life. Yeah, that's true. So what was that, you know? What was going in your mind at that point? What was the reaction uh, at that point? Um, well, keep in mind, you know, we had a table read, so I knew what was going to happen when I read the script. And I was very grateful. I went to the writers after the table read and said, uh, thank you, because you've given her the grace and dignity to uh, transmute this three-dimensional plane. And she has no place else to go but there. You know, so thank you for not keeping her on to try to create some story that feels like it's not a part of who she is mm -hmm. or try to make it a part of who she is. And I think with that sense of freedom, it allows Cal the opportunity to use his life differently with Marin. Um, and so for me, it was powerful and joyful and humbling. And I was very grateful and honored to take her to that place with a dignity uh, that she deserved. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, that moment, and I love dramatic moments. Uh, so that moment was, for me, was so dramatic that, I mean, I, I would not lie that I had tears in my eyes. Like, it was like, it was so touching because Cal, uh, he's there and he, you get that emotional connection and you get that feeling and it just goes through through me. It, it went through me. It was such a... It, that was very powerful. That was very that powerful. That was extremely palpable. Because mm -hmm. as, as he catches me, I can feel his tears fall on my face. Three times we shot that scene, just to make sure we had it. Three times we shot that scene where he catches me. Mm -hmm. And I, I utter the name Trilla. And each time he cried. And when I had the opportunity to see him in the recent past, socially, and I said, what was going through your mind? What was going in through your heart? He goes, our relationship as Cal and Seer, but our relationship as Deborah and Cameron, and how I'm gonna miss that, and how you mean so much to me throughout this entire experience, how you mean so much to me and how I've learned so much from you. And I equally, I really feel actually like I learned more from him than he did from me. But that relationship every day coming in to see him and we hugged, there was never a high and a walk away. Never. I never walked in. He never walked in just going, hey, and we do our own thing or, hey, what's going on? We never had a moment that we wasted without a hug. We always <laughs> hugged. That is Hello so sweet. and goodbye. Always held each other. Always hugged. Always. And when that scene was shot and when it was done, that was the last of us. That was it. And we didn't know what to say to each other. We looked at each other and we just, we didn't know what to say. We were speechless because we knew that was the last shoot day of the game and we knew that it was over. And so there was no, 
celebration in terms of, yay, we did it. There was no high five. There was no fist bump. There was just, we had this death. And it felt like it immediately when it was cut. That's a wrap. Wow. I mean, I cannot yeah. imagine what must be uh, going through, like, you know, through minds, like, as, as you explained, must be a very uh, difficult moment, I believe so, because you are now... No, I won't call it difficult. It wasn't difficult. But was it extremely emotional? Mm -hmm. Was it extremely emotional? Absolutely. Not difficult. I wouldn't use that word. Because our relationship wasn't difficult. It was easy. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I think it was the sorrow that it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that this part of our journey is over. Because we've had this journey as Seer and Cal, Deborah and Cameron, Seer and Cal, Deborah and Cameron. And now that journey is over. So it's bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it hurts. It wasn't difficult, but it's bittersweet and it hurts because. And the reason it hurts so much is because we love each other so much. I love him. I love Cameron Monaghan. I love Cal Kestis. And I love Cameron Monaghan. And seeing him and listening to him and working with him and watching him and marveling at him um, and being inspired by him and learning from him and growing with him is something that I will always uh, hold in my heart. Wow. It'll always be a huge part of me. And of all the experiences I've had in life, not just in this business, it will always be with me to the end of my days. Not just in video games, not just in professional working, but in my entire life with Cameron Monaghan. That will be an experience that will live with me until my last breath. Wow, that is oof, that is so touching. That is wonderful to see that you guys have that much love. And th thanks to, you know, you guys being in a project like Star Wars, uh, you know, this game or uh, this project was able to bring you guys together and have this relationship, have this bonding that uh, is not only present in game that you can obviously see, but now you have like this insane connection, insane friendship, insane love that is going to stay forever. So that is so yeah. cool. And I love that fact about, you know, having projects like this and, you know, playing characters like this, which allows you to to get there. Uh, it's such it's such a cool, you know, listening to this makes me like, oh, I just love this relationship. And initially, I was like, okay, I love this relationship in the game. And now you explaining about how much you care about him. And it feels like there's so much love I and love I love it. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I more than care about Cameron. I love him. We have a deep love for each other. That's you know? wonderful. That's something that is so cool to hear and so yeah. Awesome to to listen to. And I'm I'm so happy that you guys And awesome to experience. Yeah. I, I can totally imagine. Like it's it's so awesome to to see you guys have that, you know, amazing connection. And I'm happy that you guys got into this project. So and you know, I, I would say kudos to both of you for doing this role because you guys have nailed it. Uh Cameron and you have just nailed these roles and able to bring us the players to your story and uh, you know, able to uh, bring that connection and make us feel in that certain way uh, because I've seen the scene and I've seen in YouTube also I'm such an idiot I'm, I'm just go back to YouTube and I've watched the same scene that I've watched like 
30 minutes ago and i would see comments of people and people like this was the one of the most craziest scene in star wars uh one of the best scenes in the game and they just you know they are able to form this and they're able to they're loving this emotional connection and this connection overall so it, you know you guys have done it so well that people have loved this moment in in the best I'm ways. so glad that you can share this with your audience i'm so glad because not everybody will have the inside scoop So thank you for having the podcast uh, that you do and asking the questions that you do because um fans will truly be opened up to an experience that they never would have known had it not been for you. So thank you. Oh my that that is my pleasure. Uh that is why I just love, you know, talking to some of the incredible voice actors just like yours and you know you've been talking about these amazing uh, uh connections and amazing uh, love that you have. and you must have done you have done so many scenes in the game yourself uh, so did, did you have like kind of a, like a memorable moment during filming for this game is there any moment that you will always remember forever there'll always be memories um um and it's hard to pick out one mm-hmm. except for believe it or not in star wars jedi fallen order when trilla becomes uh the second sister um they have me tied down and she they present her in front of me and she puts on her helmet for the first time and i scream um and because there is music over it the director was like we're going to do this mos which means no sound oh. deborah no sound from you don't scream because i each time i had been like screaming my head off and he's like don't waste your voice don't use your voice that way don't harm your throat mm-hmm. we want to do this mos so that we don't hear you say a sound no no sound so make the make the motion like you are screaming open your mouth wide and um i did but i don't just open my mouth i have this coming out so i'm straining so it looks like i'm screaming because you see my neck mm-hmm. instead of just ah yeah. ah doesn't do anything just yeah. like you you're opening your mouth up at the dentist yeah but exactly. i let out this and because it was forced um i let out a giant fart <laughs> so loud and keep in mind because it's mos everybody is quiet everyone has to be quiet so yeah. all you can hear in the room no whispers no talking nothing except a fart that comes out of me and it was loud oh man so that is my most memorable experience um <laughs> from working on Star Wars from Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order to Star Wars Jedi Survivor that's the thing that sticks out in my head most my fart <laughs> Well uh everything has to be there in the performance I think <laughs> So I I That's would, life That's that's life I would love to probably <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying but I would love to have like that particular portion as like a if there was some video like that I would that would be awesome to see because Yeah, there is a video out there and um I don't know if uh the stunt coordinator who shot it, Darren Ross, who's also an amazing and magnificent human being and soul on this planet, mm-hmm. who I'm very also con- uh, very much connected to. I'm going to have to ask Darren Ross if I can have that or if he would put it on social media because that I talk about it when everyone says the most memorable scenes or the most memorable experience that's the first thing that comes up it comes up in my mind it's immediate I would like to see that again and I would like that to go on social media <laughs> <laughs> That is that is wonderful and that is so awesome um 
You think you've done something here, granddaughter? You are nothing! And no one will ever remember you! Not even Loki! Another game that I really love is God of War Ragnarok that came last year. And um, I had the uh, beautiful opportunity to talk to uh, the voice actor of Freya, Sindri. And recently I got to talk to uh, Leia who voiced uh, or played Anger Boda as well. And so you had that scene with her. Um, which was the most intense scene, uh, one of the most intense scenes in the game. And that was Shooting just, it was intense. Yeah. I made it intense for her without ever meeting her. Yeah. I never talked to her, would not let her talk to me. I had never met her before, and I didn't want to be introduced to her. I never spoke to her until after, until the whole, everything was shot. Wow. I would look, I've always stayed away from her and looked at her at a distance. I would sneer at her. And she had never met me. She didn't go, you know, we never had the opportunity to go, hi, I'm Deborah. I'm going to be playing Gryla, your grandmother. You want to go over the lines? You want to talk about the scene? Nothing. I told the director, I don't want to, I don't want to be near her. I don't want her near me. I just want to see her from a distance. So as I'm preparing, I would just stare at her. And she had no idea what was going on. Leia yeah. had no idea what was going on. And then after a while, she kind of figured that out. And every time we would start a scene, I would put my hand up immediately and I would go over to her and I would walk over to her and I would just stare into her eyes and I would look her up and down and then I'd walk away and we'd begin the scene. I do that every single time. Wow. And sometimes she would look at me and she would show fear and near the end, she would look up to me and, and look at me and show sympathy. And then I had emotional breakdowns. <laughs> She did that to me one time, and when I saw her sympathy and her love for me, I just started crying, and I said, "Let's let's shoot." Wow. Well, yeah, Leo actually was talking about how you would stare at her, and uh, she had no idea what to do, and so she was staring back, and and I was, and she she told me like she respected uh, your kind of workflow and how you decided to go with it, uh, and that's why she, uh, she was like she told like she was, you were able to bring everybody's attention in such a way that allowed her to act and do that scene. So, you know, she is a big fan of yours ever since that day, ever since that moment. And she really, she really loves you and loves your character. And, you know, it's just interesting. And I, I just, the way you, you just, you know, went with that scene and went with that time, what, what was going, like, why did you decide to do that in, in that particular way? Uh, like, instead of like, going it normally, why did you decide to, you know, stay away and instead of going in this direction? For two reasons, two very, very, very specific and meticulous reasons. Number one, my granddaughter and I have not seen each other for a long time. So I don't want to have these moments with you if I haven't seen you in a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number two, I had one day to shoot this. That was the only day on God of War Ragnarok for me. The wow. only day in performance capture. So I wanted to make it count in every way. One day to shoot it. That's it. No, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, we're going to pick it up tomorrow. Or we're going to just only shoot this part. And then we'll come back for this part. Nope. One day. And I wanted to make it count. And the way I could make it count was someone I had never worked with before is letting them have a real experience of Gryla and not Deborah, Because at the end of the day, she has to have an experience with Gryla. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, hey, how you doing? I'm coming in. I'm Deborah. Yeah, I've been doing this. Like, hey, 
That is, and what you see is what you really get. Yeah, what what you just uh, how you decided to go with it is, you know, it's interesting. Just like in the in Star Wars, like how I felt like it was real. It really felt like it was real. It really felt like um, a grandmother who does not like his granddaughter or her granddaughter, and how that hate is there. And I, I felt like I, that was like an emotional scene for me, even though. Like I know the the character Anger Boda was walking through, walking away, and had tears in her eyes. But I felt like that was super intense because I felt all of it that she was saying, that Gryla was saying to her. I felt all of it. I was like, wow, Anger Boda is a character that is able to take all in, coming from her grandmother, able to take all in, and still able to go ahead. Uh, that that because felt... let me let me let me explain something to you. It wasn't hate. Mm-hmm. It was love because to love is to feel emotion that you can't control. Yeah. And Gryla needed to control because of so much loss and pain. And Anger Boda is a reminder of the loss and the pain, which is why she was always stealing the, 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 the feelings and the memories and the emotions from animals. Mm, yeah. She was using magic to steal them so she wouldn't have to deal with the pain. It's like people who are so overwhelmingly in pain that they take drugs. Yeah, true. They don't do it because they go, I'm just going to feel like, I feel like, oh, let me try. I've got a great job. I've got a great family. I've got a great life. Let me try some drugs. People do it because there is an emotional and psychological pain that they keep running from in their past. A lot of times. Not all the times, but a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so Gryla is someone who is so grief-stricken <clears throat> most of the time that in order to get by is to not think. In order not to think, she has to take the souls of these other animals who don't feel that way. Yeah. They don't. They're animals. So they won't have and come with their own human emotions of pain. That's why she takes them from animals. And so when she sees Anger Boda, it's a matter of you remind me of all that pain and I can't afford to love you. I can't afford to love you because I know what that means. Yeah. I'm going to lose you and the pain will be worse. So if you stay away, I can live without that pain. But if you come, you make it worse. Mm. So it's not hatred. It's frustration that you think you can save me from the pain when you don't realize, Anger Boda, that you are the pain. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's, it's. I, I feel bad for her. Uh, you know, especially when she, when Anger Boda was explaining about why uh, her grandmother has gone in a different route or is now different, has changed herself. I felt bad for her, even, even when that scene happened. I just felt bad for her that she is in the state. Uh, where her granddaughter is like a reason for pain. And so I just felt bad for her, for Anger Boda. So it was such an intense scene. And, you know, I it just, was. I just love it. I love that scene yeah. a lot. That, that line at the end, I mean, um, I should have killed you, hmm. you know, as soon as I pulled you out of your mother. I should have killed you the moment I pulled you out of your mother. I mean, that is, at that point, it was pure rage because she couldn't she had to now deal with the pain on her own yeah she has to come to terms with her past 
and comes to come to terms with her grief. And somebody forced her to do that. Anger Boda is forcing her to do that. And so that is the only line that is painful and hateful only because you're forcing me to deal with it. You're now forcing me. Who are you to come into my life and force me in the way that I've been living and you to come out of nowhere again? So that line was where was the tip of the iceberg of all of that pain. Mm -hmm. And when we shot it for the last time, I could not get up off my knees. I was screaming and I was sobbing so loud. I was incapacitated in grief. And I didn't know this, but Kratos or Kratos, who's played by Christopher Judge, had been watching on Zoom the whole time. Oh, wow. And he was like, what the? <laughs> um, because he saw the intensity and the work that went into it. Yeah. And uh, a little side note, Christopher Judge and I worked in a, on a movie together years before any of this. <laughs> it's called Knock 'em Dead. It is a comedy horror slasher movie <laughs> called Knock 'em Dead. Wow. That would, must be super cool. Like, did you guys like, I mean, you had one day to shoot, but I believe you guys couldn't meet on that time. But did you guys get to meet later on and discussing about the game or talking about the game at all? We met at the uh, the party for it, the release, the release party for it. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's interesting because we don't talk about the game at the release party. You just talk about how you're doing yeah. and how you're feeling and it's your life more than anything else. I think, you know, people have a tendency to think, you know, do you discuss the game then? It's like, no, that's when you, you drink and party and party, have a good yeah. time and talk about life, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And hug up on each other. So I have loving pictures uh, with Christopher Judge that night. Very beautiful pictures of him that night and very beautiful pictures with Cameron Monaghan. Um or as I like to call him, Cameron Mon the Man. Because Cameron <laughs> is the man. So I call him Cameron Mon the Man. Because he's the man. Wow. But I have beautiful pictures of, of him from the launch party of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And um, when you look at them, I can tell that I had been weeping in his arms. <laughs> and I was. But when you look at them, maybe you won't tell. But when I look at them, I can tell um, that I was weeping in his arms. Because when I saw him, I was about to leave. And I didn't know if he would be there. Because he was working in London, UK. Mm -hmm. Wow. And when I was leaving, it was almost like a force pull to turn to my right. And there he was. And so, to me, having that force pull when I was about to walk out, <laughs> thinking I would not see him, was overwhelming and humbling and again very very emotional like we were back in the game wow yeah that is beautiful that is wonderful i mean christopher judge uh you know everybody now knows him even more so because of his role as kratos and he is just incredible as as the role and you know i i just i just love that character love the, the guy to be honest he intimidates me a little bit <laughs> i don't know yeah. why it is but it's just something that uh, he's his character that I really, really enjoyed. I had a fun time. And the game itself, Ragnarok itself was 
it, the first game, 2018, the, the God of War game that was so celebrated and Ragnarok was a game that was so much awaited, uh, including me. I was so much looking forward to it. And when the game came out and everybody, everybody got to play it, it was so intense through and through. And even at the very final, like the final moments of the game felt like a movie where I'm like everybody, a lot of people who were playing it, I always tend to see reactions of, of people, you know, going through those moments. And everybody or many people actually said how the last moments of the game felt like it was a Marvel movie where everybody's coming together, heroes fighting and stuff like that. And so there's so many moments, so many beautiful, intense moments that I cannot ne never forget from this game. And one of that moment was yours as well. So I, it just... I will all forever remember these incredible moments because I'm a big fan of dramatic moments and I love every single dramatic moments because it just gives me goosebumps, uh, butterflies in my like stomach because everything happens at the same time. It's so wonderful. And you know, some people probably not will not get it, but I am just like very much looking forward to those moments because that's when I connect with the characters a hell lot more. So, you know, I really am happy and kudos to you for performing such a, you know intense role in such an intense way you know to make it so much real so you, you you're you're phenomenal in that one thank you and i agree with you i i love i am a lover and am passionate about moments like that uh, these these amazing moments there there's a crescendo it's like listening mm. to an orchestra and that hits that peak it's like yeah. listening to john williams and the star wars theme and you're like you can't help it da, 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 da. Yeah. so it's, it's, it's <laughs> and you hear it and you're like, oh, that's me. I'm so with you on that. I'm so I get goosebumps and I get emotional and I get excited. That and slow motion. When you see them all walking in slow motion, yeah. I am a fanatic <laughs> for those moments of everyone coming together and then seeing them walk in slow motion. I love slow motion. It never fails. And it it it's always um yeah, it always works on me. Always. It will never not work on me. Anything is anything in slow motion. If it's a comedy and they do slow motion, it always works. Wow. <laughs> I love slow motions too. It is uh, done so well. And I just like, it get, I, I don't know. I feel energized when that slow motion uh, moments are happening. It's It works. I feel like it works everywhere. And <laughs> it's just like perfect. Uh, yeah. When it's done right, I feel like it's even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many games that you've been a part of and I can only talk about a few, but there's one game that I've been recently playing that I found out that you were also a part of and that is Diablo 4. And that's everybody oh. is playing that game. Everybody is in love with that game. Everybody wants to stop working, whatever they're doing and play that game. So it's just like, and because when I got to play it and you know, your role was so amazing and I loved it. It's so cool. That game in itself is the the cutscenes, the moments. It's so incredible, and it feels like you just need to probably also make a movie or something like that, and just show it to everybody. It's so great. So, what what was that experience like playing Prava in, in, in Diablo Four? Very spiritual. I prayed before I started recording, and I prayed the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic the language of, of the Middle East, the language of Israel, along with Hebrew, there would be no Hebrew without Aramaic. Mm -hmm. There would be no Arabic without Aramaic. And so I would pray in Aramaic before I started um, to record as Prava. Wow. Yeah. that th Those scenes, especially the, I remember the very um, 
the trailer when that dropped and i believe it's probably the, the trailer that dropped um that trailer was very intense for me and i was like wow this is this is going to be great and when the character that i created when i he gets to meet prava uh and you know i felt like the prava initially for me was um someone who is you know ready to go with you in some ways ready to support you and then eventually things get sort of darker in some ways and so her character was uh going through moments so you know you know i believe that all of this was uh recorded in a booth i assume because there, there was not so much cut scenes with dialogues um so how was like you know recording those sessions like when it was when it was kind of getting darker when it was kind of getting intense how was those sessions like um the same as all my other sessions which are um i focus on the environment around me that i create mm-hmm. um and i have these real moments with people that you can't see so i'm never recording anything it just happens to be recorded it's almost like you're looking at someone who's in you say a crazy person or someone who's insane and they're in a uh, a padded room to protect themselves and you see them talking to someone uh-huh. you see them moving around talking to someone that's what it's like for me if someone was looking at me because i'm never recording lines i'm having a dialogue with someone wow yeah that i see them i see them i see the place that i'm in what it looks like i feel the temperatures um i feel my feet on the ground i feel breeze i feel everything i feel everything i feel everything when i'm in that space it's like disappearing into another dimension and having that so when you see me i'm even though i'm at a mic it doesn't look like i'm talking into a mic it looks like i'm having a conversation you're like who's beyond the mic she's talking to over there oh there's no one there so um it's just a, a you know a powerful experience to be able to go in to that space and do that with her because she was never motion capture hmm. or performance capture for me yeah. i also play a number of uh, a couple of the heads on the trees as well <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I you know what that that's incredible. That's uh you've done so many of these roles that I'm like, wow, how how are you able to portray all these roles in various games who have different personalities and different um, you know, ambitions and, and strengths and weaknesses and all that stuff and it's just so cool that you get to be part of all these games. It's so many. It's for me it's really very hard to even list because there's so many uh so i you know as you mentioned earlier very much when we started out how you were in cameo and you know especially for destiny 2 and you know you had to fill fill in requests and stuff and i i, I assume that the, that you must be getting a hell lot more for those requests in in cameo you know is it no because keep in mind destiny 2 the witch queen has been out now for almost 2 years So thank goodness that has slowed down. Um but I I love Cameo and I still do a lot of cameos but it's not as much cuz before when it was coming out on Tuesday 22222 um people were putting in requests for 24 hour turnaround people were putting in requests can you do this can you do this can you do this to Sabathun when they found out that I was Sabathun and that I was on Cameo So within a, a, a day and a half I had gotten over 1000 requests. Oh my god. That is that crazy. That has never happened before. Never happened before. So um it took me a year 
to realize that I can uh, switch cameos so that I'm getting fewer requests and a little bit longer time to fulfill them. And now it's not all Sabathun. It's for so many other things. And I'm having so much fun doing those things. So if you go to the Cameo site, you'll be able to see some of the things that I've done. And nice. um, I always leave my messages on for free. So if someone says, I don't want a Cameo, but I want to talk to you or I want to say hello to you, um, I always respond. Wow. At no charge. You don't pay anything to, to talk to me on Cameo. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Giving back to the fans in that way. That is wonderful. And, you know, it's it's crazy, you know, that you're able to give back. And because of your amazing performances, people really love the characters that you that you have played. People really love you as a person. So, you know, all I have to say at the end is thank you. Thank you very much for playing these characters. Thank you very much for uh, allowing us to experience a character that you are portraying. And uh, thank you so, so very much for being a part of this and talking to me about this amazing, wonderful experience. I will never forget this particular podcast because I felt like I felt the love throughout and it was so cool, you know, listening to it. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time and for talking to me about Star Wars, Diablo, uh, God of War. And, you know, I'm super excited for you for the future games because I know oh, you have... Oh, future games. Amanda Waller exactly. in Suicide Squad <laughs> Kill the Justice League coming out in 2024. Exactly. I was waiting for that because I I remember in Batman Enemy Within game, you were playing Amanda Waller and I really liked that one. And I was like, hold on a second. What if probably she's going to be it? I was not so sure, but I got to see who are the people who are voicing characters and you were there. And I was like, yes, I'm like super excited. Different Amanda Waller. Different. Interesting. I've played three Amanda Waller three different times for three different projects, all slightly different. That's just all slightly different because they're not the same Amanda Waller. Yeah, but you know, to be honest, I really love your um, version of Amanda Waller. I feel like that is—I don't know—that I feel like that's the true Amanda Waller that I wanted. Um, and with, with you know the way she converses, and I, I just love that. So and the. the your tone and everything. I just really enjoy it. So I'm super excited to see uh, how she is and what's going to happen with Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. So Oh, it's a lot grittier. <laughs> she does not mess around. She is a lot grittier, a lot tougher, a lot stronger. She's really like gritty, gritty. <laughs> you, She can take a punch in a bar fight. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume with Amanda Waller in general, she would take a lot of punches in a bar fight because she she seems, she, she looks very strong and she's very intimidating at times. Yeah, but the first Amanda Waller that you saw on Enemy Within, Batman Enemy, that Amanda Waller wouldn't even get into a fight. <laughs> yeah. She'd make sure that you were taken care of and you disappeared if it came down to that. Mm. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, but yes, uh, I'm super excited for any of the future projects. I know you have... You must be having a lot and uh, there must be some some project that you might not be able to talk about and you know just all the best to you for everything whether it's movies and tv shows and games and you know i'm just a lover of for games and i'm just looking forward to any of the games that you're a part of so i'm just waiting for it and i'm excited for it thank you and so i take it we'll connect again when 100%. um 
Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League comes out, yeah? 100%. I'm very much looking forward to that. I would definitely love to connect again, talk to you one more time. About Amanda Waller, that would be a fun time too. Yes, to me you. too. Me too. I'm looking forward to it.